Spiritual Mommies, The Journey, and I'm Positive Pixie, and we have Medic Muse. Hey. And Savage Siren. Hey, y'all. And once again, you know we have kids, so you might hear a little laugh, some cries, and, and a lot of noise in the background, so just ignore it. I'm example. <laughs> exactly. And I'm going to be eating some beef jerky. Don't judge me. <laughs> While I drink my Chick-fil-A lemonade. <laughs> Baby. Shame on you for supporting Chick-fil-A, ma'am. I, I no, cried and I can't stop. I know. It's like a bad habit. Maybe that's why. There we go. That's why I lit that black candle. Get rid of healthy, unhealthy habits. <laughs> William All right. laughing at us over here. <laughs> Let's see. All right. So um, which topic do y'all want to start with? Let's start with how spirituality changed our parenting. Mm. Rosa, do you feel like uh, becoming more spiritual has changed your parenting style in any kind of way? No, nah, okay. I still beats ass, and I still be cussing. So that's, that's, I'm working on it. I'm gonna work. That's progress, you know, though. That's 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 progress. Yeah. See, I realized the problem, so now I got to work on it. You know what I'm saying? There you go. See, that's, that's a little that's a little progress right there. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, Muse, what about you? I feel like I am a lot more patient. I'm still like, I, I'm I'm still like, um. Uh, my twin over there siren sometimes because <laughs> you know when you hit that limit as a mommy you just be like fuck it I'm gonna whip everybody's ass I don't care there's <laughs> <laughs> my nails in the background you're supposed to be taking a nap man <laughs> like that <laughs> baby these cheering I feel like I've been giving them more um like choices and stuff like um mm-hmm. trying to let them know that they have the right to make decisions and like um also um kind of give letting them know that they I don't know I guess I'm mostly working on their right to make decisions if like somebody walks up to them and they want to give them a hug and they don't want a hug I'm not going to be one of those parents that's like you better go hug ain't ain't such and such and uncle blah 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 I'm like well he don't feel like giving you a hug right now. Give her a minute. Maybe she'll come back and give you a hug. Like, right. I'm not doing that because, you know, our parents are bad on that. Like, I feel like if we didn't hug someone, there was a reason we didn't want to hug them. Mm-hmm. So I'm working on that, like letting them know that they have the right to say no, even to adults um, right. with certain things. Like, of course, I want them to be respectful, but I also want them to know that they're respected and that I'm trying to learn patience, but it is so hard with Jaden. Hmm. He be behind me all day, talking about some mommy, mama, mommy, and um, that George pig right there. Yeah, yeah be mine. I tried like even mama. last night. Mom, mommy, 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 mommy. Can I sit on your lap, mommy? Can I have some water, mommy? Yes. And he was crying last night because Jelena pulled his fitted sheet off. <laughs> like he cried for an hour. Uh-huh. And before you say, why didn't you just put it back on? Well, Jelena was already in the bed sleep. And I wasn't going to wake her up to fix the sheet. So I put a blanket down and then I let him lay on the blanket and then I put a blanket over him. Next thing I know, him and the cat Paw Patrol in the bed with me. <laughs> I <have>. uh, <laughs> I'm and, also, okay. oh, go ahead. I was just going to say I'm also working on individuality with 
my child, like remembering that she is a separate, not that she, I confused her with being me, but um, like she's a separate, she's got her own, her own personality, her own personality and letting her do her if she wants to paint all crazy let her paint crazy (laughs) oh that's hard for me because jelena paints all crazy but then um i'll walk away and come back and it looks gorgeous it starts off looking like what are you doing and then it ends up being gorgeous in the end and that just reminded me of uh what happened the other day with our friend um lynette well yeah our friend Lynette, um, cause she was telling me that she felt Jelena's spirit and figured out that um, she thinks that Jelena is a expressionist um, artist or something like that, painter. And I was like, I'm gonna try to get her some paints and let her just kind of relieve whatever that is that she got bottled up in her, let her get some of that energy out. Mm-hmm. And then while we're talking about that, um, how do you feel like spirituality has changed the way you interact with other people around you? Like um, friends and people that we date and stuff. Yeah. Who's going first? You, since you said something. Since you said okay. something. <laughs> <laughs> well, ahead I, I guess uh, since I've been on this, like, I mean, I've been spiritual pretty much always, but I've just gotten now gotten really serious about it. Mm-hmm. So since I've started meditating and stuff and doing all the things mm-hmm. that I feel like I should be doing spiritually, I feel like it has changed the way that I respond to people as well. Like I'm learning not to take everybody's, take on everybody's energy. Like sometimes, you know, people are just mad just because they're mad, you know, mm-hmm. it don't always have something to do with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm feeling more confident in a ways of like I can speak up and tell people when th- things make me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, in a healthy way. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I've learned to control my anger as well. Like, yeah, I still get a little bit, but um, I now stop. I pause, take a breath, think of why I'm feeling this way. Mm-hmm. process it and then approach it from a different angle one of the things that I like that you've been doing with um your daughter is whenever she gets angry or upset or you get angry and upset you guys sit down together and count backwards from 10 and like breathe oh. I, I've been liking seeing you do that yeah <laughs> yeah I well I'm, that's what I was gonna say earlier when you were talking about um I think it was Jelena you were talking about that has mm-hmm. a lot of energy that's the same with crystalline and sometimes all of that energy in them creates them to get to a point where they can't focus. Mm -hmm. You kind of have to bring them back down from that cloud that they're on. You know, they're surfing on cloud 1800 up in the air (laughs) and you got to at least bring them back down to nine, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and that actually the breathing exercise, she actually started on her own. Really? She saw, yeah, she saw it on some show she was watching, and um, when she got angry one day, she was gonna lash out, and she stopped. She took a deep breath, and then she apologized to me. Who is so, she? Wow! I, that's wow. what I'm wondering. My child is very advanced <laughs> for being three. Dang. Yeah, Ooh. 
Because uh, I think I was busting people side the head at three. <laughs> okay. Girl, I was too busy napping at three. I was refusing to take a nap. <laughs> get out of my face. I need my sleep. I'm going to eat one more piece of beef jerky and then I'm going to call it. All right, Siren. How do you feel like uh, becoming more spiritual has changed your relationships with the people around you? Mm, so kind of, I was kind of like my twin. Like at first, I wasn't really taking it seriously. But ever since I did that, like that little, you know, that awakening that she sent us, like that star seed thing, mm-hmm. like I woke up completely, like different. Like I'm at peace. Like I'm not. I don't have like any anger in me, any like resentment towards anything. Like I'm just, I'm like just full of love. Like I just want to love on everybody, you know. Like just, I'm just full of peace. Like I'm always happy now, and like little things that used to like, you know, y'all know I got, y'all know I got a temper. Little things that used to set me off, I'd be quick to bust somebody across their head, but. Now I'll be like, you know bad girls club. Yeah, I'm like, you know what? It's not even worth it because you know what? This ain't even worth it. This is nothing to me. You know, like whatever. You know, like now I'm putting myself like as far as relationships go, you know, like I now I'm putting myself before anybody else. So now mm-hmm. I know what I want and what I deserve and what you know, just how I'm gonna be how I'm gonna be treated. You know, like I'm not gonna be treated any kind of way. Mm-hmm. So it changed a lot of stuff, like you know, with relationships, like. I realized now, like, a lot of stuff that I was getting mad over to and overreacting, it wasn't a big deal like I thought it was, but I also realized, you know, like, hey, I'm valuable and, you know, I deserve to be treated a certain kind of way and I ain't gonna let nobody just treat me any kind of way. Like, I know what I want and mm-hmm. if I'm not gonna get it, then whatever, I'm gonna find it somewhere else, you know? Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Cause yeah. you're beautiful, you, mm-hmm. you're a go-getter. Like, that's one thing that um, I really like about you is, like, an idea come to you of, like, what you want to do, and you're like, I'm going to do it. And you just, like, Girl, jump on it. It might no, not I mean, last long. <laughs> that's the one. That's the one. It only so, like, you need long. somebody to help you, like, stay on things. Stay on track. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I get distracted. That's the ADHD. I be getting distracted, and I be having, like, all kind of, you know, my head be everywhere. I be wanting to run all over the place and do, like, multiple things, but I'm, work- I'm working on that, too, like, taking it like one thing at a time pacing myself like trying to see stuff through because you know and as far as like my relationships like you know friendships go you know I love y'all I've always loved y'all but now I feel like we're closer too like you know like we relate to you know stuff more now and you know what I'm saying and other people too like I feel like we're starting to have more than just us three like now we're able to like hang out with a couple of more people or like at least one (laughs) Uh, yeah at least one uh, and um, I ain't in for a net. Man, terrible. Um, I feel like I've been able to set better boundaries with people. Actually, like um, mm-hmm. I, it's crazy that before we um really started working on the spiritual things, like we were doing like. I was doing like spells here and there. I wasn't really meditating. Um, I didn't have an altar up. Um, I was just like doing spells and just going on with life, like not really knowing what I wanted to do. But I felt like once I really started meditating and stuff before it, um, you guys and some other people were telling me like, I feel like you need to work on your self-love. And I kind of, I got offended by that. I was like, what do you mean? But then after meditating and stuff and realizing like, that's why I'm not happy because I don't fully love myself. I put other people um, before mm-hmm. myself. And at first when people said, you don't love yourself, I was like, well, I ain't, like, what do you mean? Like, I like myself, but I get it now. It's not saying that I don't 
truly love myself is just that I put other people before I put myself. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. something that I've been working on. Um, and a lot of people have fell off. Some don't want to. They still hanging on the end of the fishing line. I'm trying to cut that mug off. Like, leave me alone. Go on somewhere. <laughs> but um, I haven't been depressed lately. Um, That's good. Cutting some people off and stuff. And that uh, I feel like when we did the Kundalini um, awakening, I, I don't think I've been depressed since we've done that. Wow. Balancing your chakras does a lot for you. Yeah. Mama, I need you to stop. And then I realized I was living my life for what I thought other people expected me to do instead Mm -hmm. of like uh, figuring out who I really am. And I think that was also part of of self love is like, I didn't even know myself. So, how are you going to love yourself and love somebody else when you don't even truly know yourself? Mm-hmm. exactly here here that, I feel like that was the biggest thing for me is like I didn't even know like you know people ask you like oh what do you like to do for fun I don't know because I don't know myself you know that actually brings up the next topic we wanted to talk about <laughs> and what's that um woundology now I did not get all the way into the woundology I watched some of the stuff where she was talking about um how you let um, negative energy come in and you harbor it and it end up causing things like depression like back pain and things like that I didn't get all the way through it so first I want to shout out where I got this information from because I feel like that's really important mm-hmm. so this is a Gaia app original and that's spelled just like the goddess G-A-I-A um, it is the sacred power series episode four um sacred power with carolyn miss now um she does talk about a lot of like this this episode is really hard to watch so if you are not ready to let go of your wounds don't watch it Mm. because it really is gonna hit home and it's gonna hit hard i'm not ready (laughs) hello not saying that to scare anybody, but it does. She's hard. She she is very blunt, and I think that's why I like her. She's very blunt. She doesn't sugarcoat. She basically like pew, ripping the band-aid right off. through the heart. She yeah. Like she give does. us an example of like something so, that you learned. I actually took down a lot of notes <laughs> while I was watching it. I got I got pages upon pages, so this might be a long one. <laughs> Anyway, so when she first, one of the things she says, she says, many people fear becoming healthy, and that's extraordinary. Um, she said that it may be hard for some to hear. Um, some may even recoil from it. So what was your first impression of hearing, like, many people fear become healthy, becoming healthy? Um, I'm one of those people. <laughs> I don't know like uh part of me is afraid of the journey that'll take to become healthy like as far as um eating better and like exercising I'm like oh it's gonna be expensive oh I'll just stay where I'm at and then also like I'll be completely honest with you like I applied for disability and I the things that I have would get me disability but now that I've applied I don't I'm afraid to get better because I feel like I would need that money that's weird but yeah 
I'm afraid to get better because I don't want to disqualify myself from disability because I feel like I need the money. Like, like that, like it would come back and then I'd be like, Take oh, well, dang. Go lay down. Uh, I feel like it would come back and then I would be like, oh, dang, uh, I need that disability and my health issues that I thought were gone are back. So I'd rather mm-hmm. just stay unhealthy or like not get better in the first place. If that sounds weird, though. Yeah. Hmm. But here's. Oh, did you want to say something, Twin? Siren. Uh-uh. so then she says she goes on to say when we think of being healthy we have to live up to our fullest potential while we imagine um, while we imagine our fullest potential actually living it is one of the most frightening things in the world wow right deep that's deep and i'm thinking and i'm like it's true yeah. Because a lot of people that I meet when they get a job that they love or, you know, whatever it is, job, going out with friends, something, they start to have anxiety. They start to get anxious. They start to have panic attacks. They start to freak out because I guess, you know, like she said, being healthy is scary. Mm-hmm. You know, then there's, there's no limiting who you can become. Um, so, and then she says, one of the things that really hit home for me is she said that health doesn't have the same clout as a wound. As a, as a who? As a wound. Mm. Think about it. When you talk to somebody and you're like, oh my gosh, this happened to me. I can't believe it. People are like, oh, you know, I'm so sorry that happened to you. But when you're like, I'm healthy, I'm happy. People are just like, oh, that's great. Mm Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, this was another one she says. She says, we are never meant to stay wounded. What in nature stays wounded? Animals heal themselves. Nature heals itself. Trees heal themselves. Plants heal themselves. We are never meant to stay wounded. So why do we? Hmm. I think that's like a really deep question. And if you're listening to this, go to our group spiritual mommies the discussion i'm going to put up the question why do we stay wounded i want somebody to come on and answer that for me why we choose to stay wounded i feel like for me it's kind of like um you know they always say um forgive but never forget it's kind of like that like you don't want to forget about Mm -hmm. your wounds because you're like i don't want it to happen again i'm always scared that what whatever happened that day or what happened in that moment i'm gonna hold on to it because i don't want to be blinded or dumb if it happens to me again it happens again yep mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you see that was oh go ahead twin sorry no i'm just saying that's me too like i hold on to stuff just so i can feel it so i can feel like if i if i see it coming i can stop it the next time mm-hmm. you know like stay guarded i guess but then sometimes yeah. it messes up from getting a good thing like you're so guarded from god dang Deep, it, just right? made me it, really something. it just made me see something because like how uh when i was talking to the guy that i was talking to and he was like i feel like you should let me in and you should be 100 percent who you are and i'm like nah i've been hurt so much in my past i'm not gonna jump into something and just 100 percent let all of you out so that you can do the same thing that they did to me like no sir but then he don't really deserve that because he gave me 100 percent of who he was and like showed me who he was and i was i was holding back yep 
and that's it, it's it's honestly everything that she talked about was unbelievable and this is why I say it really hits home and it hits hard because it makes you think of all the situations you've been in um and it makes you think of everything you've done everything you've said and there that trust me there's a lot more and you're gonna have a lot more situations where you're like whoa I do do that true I'm gonna have to watch uh, that episode Oh yeah, it's really good. She really, she really hits a lot of points. Okay, so then the next point I have is breaking the pattern of woundology is equal to or more rigorous than healing the wound itself. And I had to write that down because um, she had brought up basically the holding on to the wound. It's, it's a lot harder to let go of those wounds than it is to actually, you know, heal from it. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense because you have to learn how to not always talk about it. You have to learn how to uh, learn your self-worth, learn that you are okay. Um, you know, you have to learn how to be healthy. Yeah. Um, the next point is she said, we don't realize how much we play the woundology card. And I had to write that down um, along with we live in a society where being wounded and using a wound is deeply supported. And that's what I was talking about earlier with the um, dirt. And I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for this, but um, there, there is like, it's a lot of there's a lot in society where people tell you to take, you know, to hold on to that wound. It is who you are. And it's really not, you're not your wound. You're not what happened to you. Bad things just happen sometimes. And yeah, it does suck, but holding on to the wound is a lot harder than it is to heal from it. And if we would just heal from what happened to us, who knows what extra- extraordinary legs we can reach. True. Um, let's see. So the next part on that, she says, and it comes from the thought that suffering shouldn't happen. And how can this happen to me? That's That's basically what it was like. So she talked about how, you know, a lot of people feel like, you know, oh, here, the next part, we have, we have the idea, we have an idea deep in our core, if we are a good person, bad things shouldn't happen to us. But if they do, um, the wounds become like, become, oh, like a sieve. And that pain we have, we get to just pass it on to the next person because it shouldn't happen to us in the first place. So we get to punish other with others with the wound. Mm-hmm. And it had me thinking about, and she brought up a story and she talked about a lady that she had just met. It was actually a group of people that she had just met and they were out at lunch. And I guess another person had asked her if she would be available on a certain date. And she started talking about she instead of answering yes or no she brought up her wounds she says uh i think it was june 8th she said and she was like june 8th no 
no, no, no. That's my support group meeting for um, survivors of incest. I never let them down. And she said that, um, she said, I never let them down and we never let each other down. I have to be there. They, they need me basically watch it for yourself. I didn't quote her word for word, but, um, yeah. So she talks about that and she says the lady goes on for two minutes, two to three minutes talking about her support group when all the person asked her was a yes or no question. Mm -hmm. And she said she had to ask her later, well, why did you, um, sorry, that pop-up distracted me. Um, so she said, uh, she asked her, why did you, um, bring that up? That's, that's kind of personal. You okay, Pixie? Yeah, she was, the baby fell asleep and he was cute. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, I didn't even see it. Cause I, I was looking, your face was in the big screen. <laughs> so she talks about, um, you know, that's incredibly personal, but why did you bring it up? And she was like, because that's who I am. Mm-hmm. And I she do stuff like that. Like, and she said that she brought it up even as though, as well, that people should treat her differently because she was a victim of incest. And um, and it, it got me thinking that like, yeah, in, a, in our society, we do. We feel like things that happen to us are our reason to be treated better mm-hmm. than others. Well, I went through this. So you should treat me this way. And then it also becomes like, I've noticed it also becomes a competition of who got treated worse and who should be treated better because life was more rough on them. Yeah. When it really shouldn't be that way. It's kind of like a pattern of just. It, it reminds me of a friend that I had, one of the people that I had to cut off because like um, when we were in high school, her mom passed away and then she moved in with her sister her sister mistreated her. Um, me and her ended up moving in together and becoming roommates. And she just like really took advantage of me. Like I had put her on my phone bill and she didn't pay her portion. And mm. then, um, and then um, like I decided not to move in with her and she ended up taking the deposit that we had put on the, on the place and on the furniture and things like that. And uh, she always blames it on the fact of like, I've always had to take care of myself. I've always said, I'm the only person I could ever depend on. And she felt like the world owed her something. Like literally she said, right. I feel like the world owes me something, but I'm, I didn't, I didn't make your mom pass away. I didn't make your sister uh, treat you bad. And like the only time she ever comes around is when she needs something. Like she'll lose her apartment then she's like, hey, can I sleep on your couch for a couple of days? Or, hey, my daughter's hungry. Can we come over and eat? But then as soon as she's back on her feet, I'll never hear from her again until she needs me again. That, that, that's become the way of the world. Like we, and that actually brings me to another thing that she talked about where she was, and I can't remember where she said it was, but it, it was a foreign place, not America. Um, and she said that a man had come into a train station and had yelled something in the the language of that country and all of a sudden everybody started moving for him getting out of his way and what it turned out to be was he said that he was in some war for their country and everybody just felt like they had to treat him like royalty yeah and not saying like i support the troops 100 Mm -hmm. but 
we need to create a world where we're not using our pain to dictate how people treat us. Agreed. And it reminds me of working with the homeless. Like, um, I remember before working with them, I would feel bad for them. A lot of them standing on the side of the road, like, oh my gosh, let me give them a dollar. Let me do this for them. But then whenever I started working with them, I realized there are so many resources in my area. And I'm like, you know, if you're hungry, you can go to Henry's place for breakfast. Then you go around, you go to some other place for lunch. Then you go to the Salvation Army for dinner and they're all like right down the road from each other. So when you see them on the side of the road, talk about some, oh, I'm hungry and this and this, there's places for them to eat. And then one of my clients would tell me I make more money standing on the side of the road than getting an actual job. So if I want to do drugs, I'm going to go stand on the side of the road for an hour and, and uh, people are going to give me $5 here, $5 there all the whole hour. And then I could just chill and do drugs for the rest of the day. And I don't mind sleeping in the bushes. And I was right. like, really? But the ones well, I do feel bad for are for some of the vets because they, um, oh, I've, I've had a lot of veterans where it's like they can't bring their animals in with them to the shelter, to the shelter yep. or like all their baggage and stuff. And that's all they have. Like they don't want to live in an apartment like they want to they want to be free they don't want to be tied down to stuff i noticed that with a lot of my veterans Mm -hmm. but they didn't use it as an excuse to be standing on the corner asking for for money and food right either and that's what i've noticed a lot about um i guess we can call them regular homeless people (laughs) it sounds a little rude but yeah Uh, civilians there we go civilian homeless people yeah a lot of them choose to be out there because that is true because that they stand out there and their wounds are right up front and people feel bad for them. So they don't, they aren't forced to do better. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say it, you know, hate me if you want, but they're not forced to do better. And I know people say that we're all like one, one mistake away from being homeless, which that may be true, but, um, I'm not saying anything bad about homeless people who are really trying to come out of their situation. It's Mm -hmm. just that, um, there are also a lot of homeless people who like where they are and they're okay with it. They're okay with being broken and I guess not really broken, but just in that situation, people feel bad so that they can make the money off of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I've noticed that people who aren't even hopeless, homeless, go out there and pretend to be homeless. So there's that mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's see the next one. Oh, this really hit home for me too um, because, like, it. I'll just read the quote. So she says, um, "This is back on how we pass our wounds to other people." She's she mentioned a point about rage, like you know when you come home. And you've had a bad day. She said, how many times have you come home and said, I've had a bad day and yelled at somebody or somebody came home and was like, I've had a bad day. So they yell at you mm-hmm. or someone around you. They kind of pass that. They pass their wound on to the next person. And she, mm-hmm. says, she says, if you were to heal that rage, you wouldn't be able to pass it on to someone else. That's deep. Yeah. I went through that a lot. Like with my ex-husband. He didn't know how to leave work at home. He's working at the prison. So, you know, that's, you know, they deal with bullshit yeah. all day. Mm. People throwing pee and poop on you and, you know, saying all kind of crazy mm-hmm. stuff. You can't do anything. 
and he would never leave it at home. He'll come home and always take it out on me and the kids. It never failed. Like every single day he would do that. And like now, you know, we're not together, but now he's in a better place. And now he realizes and like it was crazy because like he apologized to me a few weeks ago. I didn't tell you, but I forgot. I was like, but he was like, you know, I forgot, but he was like, I'm sorry. You know, I realized now, you know, how bad I treated you and I should have treated You're you better fine. because you deserve better, you know? Yeah. And I was like, I appreciate that, you know, thanks. And he's like, I just, you know, I'm, he said, I, um, I didn't value you, you know, as my wife and as the mother of our children, stuff like that. And, you know, but he apologized and he said he realized that it was a, a lot, like a lot of why we split up was because of him, you know, like he knew where he messed up and he was able to own up to it. But yeah, that that takes its toll, and you do that all the time, like. Ugh. And you made me think about that because my mom has been at the prison for like over twenty years, mm-hmm. and like now that she's getting ready to retire, she has been so Happier. loving and caring, and like wanting to come get my kids. And I, at first, I was like, "Is this a trap? Like, what the fuck is going on?" And when I brought it up to her, she was like, "Was I that much of a monster?" And I lied and said, "No, but yeah." But she was. Yeah. So people bring right. home, they bring home their their anger, their you know, well, people treated me like crap all day and they don't well, realize that they're, they're coming like home to people who didn't, people who love them and care about them, and they're passing that hurt on to them. Mm-hmm. Yep. But the next one, she said that she asked, um, because she does uh speeches like uh what are those motivational speakers basically like she Mm -hmm. talks to crowds of people and she asks them how many of you make it a point to share your wounds right up front when you first meet someone in or in the early stages you just kind of lay it all out there and yeah she said the only one the entire no I I'll raise my hand too I do but, I'm like, I've I raised my kids by myself. My their dads aren't involved at all. My daughter mm-hmm. has autism. Like, yeah, I do that. Yeah. I do that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a natural. She says it's a natural human response. Like that's just we feel like our wounds are who we are. So that's and she said that the entire it's funny because she said the entire group of people raised their hand and said, Yes, because that's who I am. Well, mm-hmm. But who decided that our wounds are won't make us who uh, we are? Yeah, I guess it's like we feel the need to explain to people so that like uh, that's something about me that pisses my mom about my mama off is like if she asking me a question like, "Hey, are you going to Grapeland this weekend?" I'm like, "Oh, nope, I gotta do this. I gotta do that. I gotta do this." And instead of just saying no and leaving it at that I should I don't have to really explain but I feel mm-hmm. like I have to explain so the person doesn't feel like I don't just want to be around them or like I don't I'm just like leaving them out in the dry I feel like I have to explain to them what I have going on so they don't feel bad I don't know it's weird I do that too I do too and I'm trying to make it a habit of like just telling people honestly that no more giving explanations like I just don't want to do that or I just you know just kind of leaving it there yes or no Mm -hmm. um so then she talks about uh it actually brings me to that other video that we watched too from uh one night of oh this is Aaron Doidery oh I think I said his name right I hope I said your name right if you ever listen to this (laughs) so she talks about a wounded intimate wounded intimacy that's basically what we create with people where he brought up 
I don't know if it was his word or what, but I learned this word for the first time through his videos. Don't attack me. He talks about trauma bonding. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what we do as people. We lay out all of our issues, especially, and it's, it's weird because having, after listening to this, I don't know how to explain myself to people because I don't want to give them my trauma anymore. And it's kind of hard to think of who you are as a person. What makes you happy? Hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. One of the things that it made me think about was like um, pretty much every woman that I have been friends with in my life has been molested or raped. And I always felt like it must, the statistics must be wrong. Oh yeah, trigger warning on that, sorry. But I was like, yeah. I thought that the statistics were wrong because there was like one in every three women has been molested or raped. And I'm like, every woman I know has yeah, been molested nah, or raped. But then maybe it's just trauma bonding that like I'm just meeting the same people who have gone through the same thing as me. Not that every woman has actually gone through through that. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I, I think it's funny that you brought that up because it was one of the things that I was thinking of and I know a lot of people support this movement and they might attack me but that hashtag me too movement yeah it's it's a that is a very big wound mm-hmm. I think and I have to go don't get me wrong me. I love you guys I'm sorry that you went through that but y'all need to heal from it stop using it as an excuse to yell at people sorry don't hate me <laughs> Uh, anyways, so, and I think that's a, that's another reason why the entire, like, there is an entire population of women. There's a huge group of women that hate men because of that. Yeah. And it's not men's fault. And men feel the need to always yell and scream. We're not all the same because they're not like, yeah, that happened to you. And there are a lot of men out there that are really sorry that that happened to you. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of men out there that would fight their own brother if they knew that they did something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but a lot of things, a lot of things too that some women don't realize because I'm not trying to knock it what we've been through because you know it's it's all serious and it all mm-hmm. sucks. But a lot of men have been through that type of thing too. They just don't yeah. say because they don't talk. Well, they don't get to talk about it. Exactly, they don't get to talk about it. And if they do, they come off like it's weak or sensitive, and then mm-hmm. you know, other guys start calling them gay. All kind, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like they can't talk yeah. about it. They can't let it out. And men, they go through that so much, and they just can't say anything about it, and it sucks. You know, like they're forced to be this masculine figure. Yeah, they're expected to be like this tough, you know, person with no feelings. Like it's always good, and it's just mm-hmm. not how it's supposed to be. Like it's no, it's not. Yeah, no. Just like we're not women aren't shouldn't always be expected to be emotional because some exactly. women aren't emotional yeah because some women aren't even sensitive and emotional like that so it should make sense like everyone be all soft and feminine nah it's yeah. bullshit no we're not all like that i don't think any of us are really that feminine <laughs> yeah nah. Once i'm in a not while. feminine at all <laughs> and honestly kinda, that yeah. brings me to a thought that i was just having it's you know given all this woundology talk and you know it's not that I don't think that she's saying don't talk about it just don't she's saying don't hold on to it yeah don't make it the biggest thing about you you know that quote that um we were trying to write down from from the Aaron Doidery thing yeah uh, I didn't write it down I said I was going to but I didn't basically (laughs) what I remember of that is feel it process it let it go 
stop holding everything stop holding all your problems all your wounds all your your hurts because the at the end of the day the person that hurt you they i don't care if they're sorry or not at the end of the day holding in that wound is not affecting that person at all exactly they're all not worried about it now. is affecting people right all you're doing is affecting people that you meet that had nothing to do with that nothing to do with causing that that hurt in you Mm-hmm. and so I really feel like everybody really needs and I'm I'm I, I can't speak like I'm not saying that I'm perfect because I am still healing from stuff that has happened to me mm-hmm. but the more you heal the more you realize that the more you're going to ask yourself why was I really holding on to that what was the purpose of that sorry I, I gotta let this out it's kind of like uh go ahead get it out um, word vomit it, no, I was thinking of home. What was what is the purpose of your face? <laughs> Sorry, I have that issue where I feel like when I'm getting too serious, I got to make a joke, but it popped in my head. But yeah, so ask yourself, what is literally? If you can't answer the question of why you're holding on to your pain, then let it go. Yeah, I see. Because I do feel better after letting go of the pain that I went through. Uh, with my mom, I realized that like um, I had a high expectation of what a good mother should be, and that um, she's living her life, she's flourishing, she's doing great, and I'm the only one still sitting here hurting mm-hmm. mad. And then I didn't apologize. I didn't. I didn't tell her that I forgive her to her face, but like I just you don't have to. to. Yeah, you I don't have to myself and just be like, you know what? She she was young when she had me. She was 19. My dad was beating her ass. You know. And she just kind of wanted to get away. And then on top of that, he used to kidnap me all the time. So I could see why eventually you would get tired of like trying to fight for your child. You just let him have you. Let her, let him have her. Well, me, you know. So, and it's it's cool. Like, um, it was weird. I feel like once I forgave her, things are going crazy because she just kept Jaden for three days for me. And I needed that break. Hello is like once you start to heal you start to feel different in a different space like your energy chains you go from being this wounded hurt gazelle to this fierce lion right right now i'm gonna sit over here like who's next right (laughs) i just thought of lion king now be prepared yes so okay Oh, that actually leads. So without the wound, a person doesn't know how to be sensitive or to be protected. So that hit home for me too. And I thought about it. It's like, it it, it, it makes sense on a certain level. So what do you guys think of what I said about the, uh, without the wound, a person doesn't know how to be sensitive or be protected. Let's hear your. Or be protected. Um. So is it kind of trying to say that like, you won't have empathy if you if you yeah, like, don't hold on to your wounds. Your thoughts, like you don't kind of care what other people are going through. That's saying, uh, I think what she was saying with this is like people feel like they wouldn't know how to do these things. Like you don't know how to be relatable, right? You feel like you come off as this hard rock person, like uh, mm. um, basically mm. like a Herculean figure. And she did use that term that you just kind of like, you don't need help. You don't, um, you don't 
need to be protected because you can take care of yourself and that's not at all what it is like you can still feel like you need protection i'm already that person i do have empathy (laughs) i don't be feeling like i need anybody but that's also a bad thing that i think that's also another and honestly i think it's another trauma response that we have yeah, I, I learned that actually on watching YouTube, I was doing a lot of um, self-love videos and they were, they said, no, actually that was from TikTok. Um, the girl said that that is a sign of hyper-independence. You've been through so much and people have let you down so much that you feel like <laughs> only, yourself. yeah, you're the only one who mm-hmm. got your back. So you don't ever ask people for shit because you're, you've learned how to be your own. And I've seen. Yeah, I've seen that with a lot of people yeah. who like go through like traumatizing stuff, like as a you know, like they mm-hmm. so used to fixing it themselves and nobody being there for them at that time when it happens that they just do everything like that. Like they just do like I got it. I don't need nobody help, you know. And that actually leads me to a different point when we were watching that sh- we were watching Bad Girls Club. Mm-hmm. And there was a situation where one the one girl, Carrie, got attacked by another girl. You yeah. remember that in the beginning? And I feel like everybody's perspective of what happened was different. Yeah. Because she said, I felt like nobody pulled her off of me. And literally there's a scene of them pulling the girl off of her. Yeah. She went from saying, well, I feel like uh, she went from saying there was nobody there to help me. Nobody was pulling her off of me to I felt like nobody was there and pulling her off of me. Um, And I think that's the problem too is we get so enveloped in these wounds Mm -hmm. in the situation that's happening to us and the why is this happening to me I'm such a good person mentality that we don't see the people that are there trying to help us like I don't let y'all help me y'all well I try not to let you guys help me and um you guys kind of just step in anyway like hey I got you this or I'm just sitting here and all of a sudden I got a package coming from Amazon <laughs> they won't let me be myself. They won't let me be free and not receiving help from anybody. They, they don't even ask. They just be like, "Hey, check your door. There's a package." <laughs> I just send you. I just send you a tracking number. Hey, this is on its way. Yeah, and then I open the box or whatever, and I'm crying. I'm like, "Oh my god, she yeah. knows me so well, <laughs> girl." Um. Give me just one moment. Yeah, I'm about to cry. <laughs> Let it out. And that's another thing is people people see crying as a weakness. It's not. It's a way to cleanse your soul. It's actually a way to heal. I always cry. say that shit. Like, I ain't, my mama didn't raise no pussy. And I need to stop thinking like that. Mm-hmm. Shut just up. Just because we feel emotions does not make us weak. Actually, feeling emotions make you a lot stronger. Hmm. I'm gonna get there. I like this quote too. Health requires us to be fully empowered. Health requires us to be fully empowered. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably true because I feel like in order for me to fully be healthy, I have to honestly, um, completely love myself and. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy that now I know that like, I know I'm still working on it. I'm not a hundred percent there with, um, loving myself the way that I should. Now I'm gonna get there probably soon. Yeah. (laughs) 
where we it's like I, I like I always say I need a shirt that says I'm a work in progress yeah <laughs> and I'm definitely a work in process uh progress I see the things that I need to fix and I feel like that's the biggest thing for me is like um just recognizing it because I'll um mm-hmm. I've always tried to be perfect and um I'm realizing that I don't have to be right and that's the one thing that I'm realizing too is like becoming healthy and better it doesn't necessarily mean that you're perfect it just means that you recognize the patterns and you break those cycles Mm -hmm. um this is another quote like I wrote down a lot of quotes from the the thing so just bear with me I probably wrote down the first half of the video you're trying to kill us I'm playing okay good stuff it's some good stuff yeah and like I said in the beginning it's like really hard to hear and it really makes you think about your life and that's that's one thing when I first watched it like I wasn't even paying attention to be honest like I was not paying attention when I first saw the episode and she said one thing one of the quotes and I think it was oh when she started talking about that um how we share our wounds right up front Mm -hmm. with new people and I was like well I don't do that wait yes I do yeah Uh, do you well we were so young when we met but we did bond over both of us losing our dad no I lost Mm -hmm. my dad the year that I met you I think or like the year after both the year um I had lost I think wait we met in what 20 or 2006 or 2005 I think it was two it was the end of 2006 okay yeah so my dad had already passed away and then the next year mine passed away yeah so then I think that brought us a lot closer and like you said with the whole um talking about being a single mom and doing everything on your own and not having the help I I, you know I also do find that people do ask those questions as well and I feel like I I didn't think of it as extremely personal until now Mm -hmm. like people used to ask me all the time well where's her father doesn't he help yeah because people always ask me like oh two kids like oh well my aunt asked me two kids not married Mm, let's talk about it I was like well damn (laughs) she came out guns a blazing all right so not that you guys can tell but we did have to take a brief pause to handle some children (laughs) um (laughs) so I kind of lost track of what I was saying maybe it wasn't important or relevant at the time i don't remember (laughs) although i do remember the last thing that i said was health requires us to be fully empowered um because we were talking about it oh because i was saying about the um nope lost it (laughs) it must not (laughs) well one thing i wanted to talk about after you're done is that one itis oh yeah we could talk about that i got you got notes on it i got a few more pages (laughs) all right what's next (laughs) okay so okay so the next thing she one of the things that she talked about too is she says so long as we keep the wounds then we have a reason or excuse not to carry our full responsibility in the world or becoming the full person we'd like to imagine ourselves becoming Mm mm-hmm Wait, okay, hold on. Let me make sure I'm, I'm, I understood because 
you know, you want me to reread it? Yeah, because it more it felt like you know, like an old Windows computer. So, so one more time. So long as we keep the wound, then we have a reason or excuse not to carry our full responsibility in the world or become the full person we'd like to imagine ourselves becoming. Gotcha. Okay, that makes complete sense because I be doing that. Like I use, you know, use shit as an excuse mm. as to why I'm not doing something. You know, quick with it i actually have two examples of that Mm. well one example of that and another example of sharing wounds right away so the first example of like the not carrying our full responsibility or becoming the full person that we want to be so it actually reminds me of that show my 600 pound life and everybody says that that doctor on there is so mean he's so horrible he's not though he's not honestly he just he wants you to he wants them to change their life for the better and the one thing that i've noticed is he always tells them you're giving me these reasons you're giving me the excuses um the best line from that show that he ever said and it stuck with me because i ain't watched that show in a while but it really stuck with me and he said as long as there is something that you have to do that you don't want to do you will never feel okay you will never feel better because this lady was always talking about um she can't do certain things because she's she's sick and she's always she's never feeling better and he says so long as you have something that you don't want to do you will never feel better like i don't want to do this laundry right and i i I, I am guilty of doing it too when there was something i didn't want to do that day oh i don't feel good Mm -hmm. and i just i'm tired yeah Mm -hmm. yeah this sounds like yeah and then the the one thing that i thought of as an example of like bringing up wounds right away um when you first meet people is like i remember one of my lift drivers one day um this person opened up like all over me with mental issues like talking of depression and like not having the resources available to um to seek out mental health help and all that and I you know at the time I thought you know okay well you know this is just what people do to bond and then I thought about it and I'm like wait after watching this it's giving me the thought process of like I didn't even know you why did you share all that with me mm-hmm. like that happens it's a lot become, yeah it's become <laughs> such a condition of our world that it, it just seems so normal to just be like you know i'm not okay in the head <laughs> like i am so depressed right now i'd like to kill myself like you know it's like and i'm not laughing about it because it's not funny but what i am laughing about is that we've you know this world has come, become so conditioned in a way of like that is acceptable and not that it's not acceptable talk about it but stop holding it mm-hmm. your depression is not who you are it's what you have that's like go. um they said that a lot in our autism group uh autism parents group they're like quit saying my autistic child and say my child with autism right because it's not we 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 hold on to too many labels and these labels create our reality mm-hmm Okay, so next point. Okay, so 
And then this really hit me too, because I thought about it like in, I, you'll think about it too. Sorry. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyway. So she said, we don't have a, an iconic whole person that we can say, that's what I want to be. Um, it doesn't appeal to us when we think of whole, it is a, um, it is being invulnerable, being invisible and not having entry points to needs and being emotional, being cozy, huggable. We think about someone who is very Herculean and that's where, I, that's where I got that. So like she, and she's got a really good point. Like who, what celebrity or person that you look up to is not talking about their words? My grandmother, she's the only person. And it's crazy because she's so peaceful. And like, anytime the whole family is arguing, she's the one that comes in with like something that's so peaceful and, and profound that like everybody is like, oh, let's shut up. She's the only person I know that doesn't complain about anything. Like you really have to ask her um, a few times for her to tell you the truth. Like she doesn't tell us when she's sick. She doesn't tell us when anything is bothering her. She just, she kind of holds everything in because she doesn't want anybody to worry about her. Yeah, so I actually have a question about that. How, before learning, you know, before spirituality, before all of this healing, how did you look at your granny? How did you see her? I just saw her as um, the person I wanted to be. I think that she's the reason why I'm so positive in a lot of negative situations. But it really wasn't until I became more spiritual that I like looked at her and, and realized like, wow, some of the things she did was like a superwoman. Like I remember being a kid and I lost my shoe at the lake when we were fishing and I cried so bad and to make me feel better, she took her shoe off and threw it in the water and we both walked away with one shoe on like she just always been um this loving caring person the only thing that I can say about her is that sometimes she forgets to put herself first but other than that she's kind of she's who I would want to be the only person go. I would want to be <laughs> what else kid my granny wanny that actually made me smile just hearing you talk about her Cause I love her so much. She's like, she's my person. She's my, she's my baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to, I was going to say something else, but I think I've kind of beat that dead horse. Why do we use that terminology, by the way? Beating a dead horse. I wonder if it yeah. has to do with like being a cowboy and like you ride the horse until it dies and you like, please get up. I don't have anything else. I don't know. I just made that up, but we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> That's only I can think of. It's like they were probably beating a dead horse. Like I need to get out of this desert. Uh, get up, get up, and it was just dying. <laughs> oh, indeed. So this is actually moving on to my favorite part where she says vocabulary to well she I think she said vocab. Anyways, I wrote it down as vocab to bypass as a whole person. So as a whole person, you can't use the word blame. What? You can't use the word blame. 
I blame you. Okay. I could try to work on that. As a whole person, you cannot use we the should, word deserve. That list, you need to put it on the on the on the page. I feel like that's a good list for the journey and the discussion. Okay. I'll write that down. But uh yeah, the next one, the next word, you cannot use the word deserve. And I wrote down a whole segment on the word deserve. So and she says we can't take the things that happen to us and say that it's anyone else's fault that's basically what to let go of the word blame mm-hmm. um, powers <laughs> powerless well. strategies powerless strategies is the shadow side of deserve so she says the shadow side of deserve often comes from a wound uh you will stay wounded in order to indulge weaknesses and addictions i.e and i'm gonna let this out there so i have a eating problem i, I was gonna say cup addiction Dead. my cup addiction has nothing to do with the wound i just love cups anyways <laughs> she tried for that hot twin <laughs> she is hating on my cup addiction because <laughs> <laughs> i got i will always have a cup in a situation and y'all gonna be a hell of bent like that pineapple one i'm not gonna one. lie the pineapple cup is cool that's not mine that's my daughter's <laughs> oh you're starting her addiction okay <laughs> that's okay hey so, <laughs> okay so the shadow side of desert okay so yeah so to indulge a weakness or desert, uh addiction so i have a problem with food and overeating that also comes from a place of blame as well like i was trying to find someone to blame for my fatness well I'm the one that keeps shoveling food into my face, so I eat. And I blame my, my mom problem. and my grandma, my grandma, my grandpa and my mom for mine. You know what? Actually, <laughs> I did. There was I blamed my family, my great grandmother for making me feel bad about being a chunky child. Like I wasn't fat, but I was a chunky kid, and she used to always tell me, "Oh, skinny is pretty." Oh. Uh. <laughs> And then just like a few other people that said, made comments about my weight and it just kind of, I guess I say stuck with me, but I kind of held on to it. It was my wound and my reason to eat whatever I wanted to and kind of stuff my face because if that's how they felt about me, might as well just become what they felt about me. So guess in a sense, um, you know, so yeah kind of like you know another thing that she brought up was like um how we're like well I've had a bad day so I deserve this gotta let that go as a whole person that you can't have a bad day and then eat something to make yourself feel better you just eat something because you want to that's what it is you just have it because you want it hmm so then she says, it's very difficult for us to say, you know, I'm going to do this because I want to. And she says to say another thing, she says, we wouldn't be able to say, um, you know what, I'm going on vacation. And then every, because everybody that's sitting around you would be like, well, why? What's your reason for wanting to go on vacation? Yeah. And she said, we have, we have to have a reason for why we do things why we do things for ourselves, And that's where she came in. I, well, I've had a bad time. So now I deserve a good time. And that's, I mean, how many times have you told somebody that you're going to do something for yourself and they've asked you why? 
All the time. Yeah. I'm going to start telling people because I want to. That's what I'm starting to Because I want to. And honestly, like, honestly, one of the things I want to do, the, the reasoning behind wanting to do that as well is I want to see reactions. I know what How like, people oh. react to people that just say, because I want to. They were like, oh. We should do that this week and then talk about it next Monday. Like every time somebody yeah, asks me, I'll be like, I'm waiting oh, on somebody to ask me again. Two kids, two kids, no husband. <laughs> right. Just look at them and go, Andrew Puentes, did you have a question for me? Okay. <laughs> it comes up because people see it as they come, it comes off as rude. Why is it rude for you to stand up for yourself? Yeah, and then also because she was my aunt, you know, you're not supposed to talk back to your elders. Oh. <laughs> Society said that. Anyways, that was my last okay. point if you guys wanted to say something on that. And that's why I brought up the other day when you were talking about yeah, need a new couch, but you could you 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 felt bad getting one, Pixie. I'm looking at one right now. Do it. But get that couch. Do it because you want to. Because I do. If I want to have couch. a glass of wine at five o'clock in the morning. Have that glass of wine. Who cares? I'm drinking wine right now, too. Now, if, you you're <laughs> if you're an alcoholic. If you're an alcoholic. Look into your wounds. See why you're why you're drinking so much. Mm-hmm. Get to the root of those and I can guarantee it'll help you. Um. Yeah, so what do you guys think of the whole ideal of womanology? I really like that word that she came, I don't know if she came up with it, but she came up it's with so, the whole theory. Yeah, I feel like I gotta work on it. Sense, though. Oh, go ahead. No, my bad. The stuff she was saying makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. you made a lot of sense. Like, I, I already said that I was gonna watch it, but now I really wanna watch it just so I can, you know, hear the whole thing. Because mm-hmm. I, I, like, when you're reading, when you were saying, like, the key points, is like, some of this stuff, I was like, shit, I do that. So now I know, you know, like, how to you know what to work on as mm-hmm. far as that goes i agree I, my bad I, if i'm, I'm crunching in y'all ear <clears throat> right, that's fine but i definitely uh it did make me sit back and think about a lot of things because when you first told me about it i think that's the part that made me want to forgive my mama and then also i had a past life dream where i had a mom that was everything that i was looking for in my grandmom and i realized like um I'm trying to make her the mom that I had in my past life and she's not that and every life mm-hmm. you're not going to have the same quality of parent and friends and things and I had to just realize like I need to quit trying to make her a person that she's not yeah, just love them where they're at mm-hmm. yes love them where they're at. I feel like that is going to be my quotes that I live by for this year for the rest of this year is love people where they're at if you don't if you can't time to let them go and if they can't love you for where you at, time to let them go too. Hello. Exactly. I'm tired of people trying to change me. There you go. And stop letting people and your surroundings and your situations dictate how you treat yourself. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. That's another good quote. Did you make that up or did you read that somewhere? That just off the top of my head. I mean, right there. Down. Probably heard it something somewhere, but right there down. We gotta put that on the on the page too. That's not, I like that. Um, what did I say? I can't remember. <laughs> we got bad memory. We, we do all three of us. We're go, we're working on it, and I don't remember. 
Oh, stop letting people and situations dictate how you treat yourself. There we go. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I love that. I'm going to remember it this time. No, I won't. (laughs) Tell yourself you got a good memory and you have a good memory. I have a wonderful memory. Oh, yeah, true, true, true. Is that a day bed? Did you want to stop there for today or did you want to try to talk about the one-itis? I think the one-itis needs needs a video by like a podcast by itself because I can talk about that all day. Yeah, like we can end it there. And like okay. y'all got something to add. Siren, you got anything you want to add? Nope, I don't. All right, so uh, we're going to stop there. Next week, uh, we're going to talk to you guys about uh, one-itis and twin flame-itis. And knowing the difference between a possible real twin flame or, you know, putting other people on the pedestal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All I right, like then. It. So for today, I'm going to say that I'm grateful. Um, I'm grateful for wonderful people coming back into my life, especially last night. You ain't shit. (laughs) (laughs) It ain't ever going to be shit. (laughs) It's okay, though. We still love you. We still love you. Um, What are you grateful for? Um. Oh, not, uh, hold on. Well, no. Uh, I, I just want to say I'm grateful for growth. That's like what I'm grateful for. I grow, like growing into, just constantly, you know, growing into who we're supposed to be and doing what we're supposed to be doing and just flourishing like we're supposed to. Like I'm thankful for that, and I'm grateful for the people that, you know, are helping me do that. Like y'all. Mus. <laughs> I see today I am can I just say I'm grateful for everything I'm grateful for spiritual growth I am grateful for my child even though she's not listening you know I'm gonna love her where she's at (laughs) (laughs) and pretty much loving your daughter is loving a miniature me because I a lot of stuff that she does reminds me of myself. Like, I hated naps when I was a kid. I would pretend to take a nap for an hour just so I can get up and play when I could have just took the nap. Oh, my God. Like, why you got to pretend you're asleep like yesterday? I'm sorry. I know we're supposed to. I'll talk about it after we get off here. Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm just grateful for everything. Grateful for a new day. Grateful for being feeling happy and healthy today. I'm grateful for finally feeling like I have taken control of my life oh no you've been doing so great with that thank you I'm trying (laughs) some days are a struggle but we get there all right and then um all right well um let us know what you feel like you're grateful for you can um write it on our for our um spiritual mommies the journey or if you're with us on the spiritual mama's discussion page you can let us know what you're grateful for. You have to remember if, um, to tell the tell the world what you're grateful for. Remember gratitude. Great things come when you when you're grateful for the things that you already have. Happiness also comes from being grateful. Mm-hmm. Honestly, we look mindset. too much at what we don't have and not what we do have. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I'm grateful All for right. the things I don't have yet. <laughs> Hello. All right, y'all. We're about to get out of here. Bye. 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 <laughs>